Season five, baby. Season five. Can you tell that something's different yeah. in here? Your favorite no BS Toronto Maple Leaf podcast is officially back. What's up, everybody? I'm Rob Furnish, and with me, as always, my co-pilot for the last five seasons is my brother, Ryan. Five seasons. I love how the growth is just exponential. We're just getting better. We're upgrading. We're getting more subscribers, more listeners. And season five, I'm pumped, man. Especially this. Look at this place. Look at this. It's a palace in here. It is. It's well, I wouldn't necessarily call it Goat. a palace. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of squished. We're kind of squished in here, but you know what? It gives it sort of like a radio studio vibe. And you and I have always joked about this podcast that we are essentially. Like we're a podcast, but we we do our best sports radio impression. Well, that's just what we grew up doing. We just that's all we've done our whole lives, so it's just natural to us. And this is a serious radio vibe in here. But for video listeners, I'm gonna have to just get used to kind of just still looking over, turning me, this yes. way instead of looking at you diagonally in the past. So, if you go back through the archives of this podcast. There are two topics that we have discussed ad nauseum. Contracts and goaltending. And going in to this new Leaf season, training camp started earlier today. The two main points of discussion were none other than contracts and goaltending. I know that you're fired up to talk more contracts. Well, let's get into it. Let's let's fire up. What do you want to do first? Contracts, goaltending. So let's start with contracts, and let's start with a little off-ice contract. Jonas Siegel wrote a piece in The Athletic earlier this week that was sort of bringing to light Kyle Dubas's contract status and that he's on the last year of his deal. So he has his opening media availability today, and he's asked about it. And he was, he was, listen, I'll give Kyle a ton of credit. Like he was pretty blunt and forthcoming. He was like, apparently him and Brendan Shanahan met at the end of last season. And Shani told him that he wasn't going to extend him. And Dubas said, he's okay with that. And he's okay with being judged by how the team does this year. So it's like ballsy to answer that and admit that. But like, but then, obviously, you know, you flip on the radio and whatever, and you hear the, the lame duck GM. He's a lame. Do you want a guy? Ryan, do you want a guy who is on the last year of his contract making decisions for your hockey? This is just common sense to me. It's, it doesn't make, like, we all know what this is. Like, let's stop di- trying to dissect it in some sort of way. It's just this guy has been in charge for the past, five seasons and they just haven't seen a success. They fail in the same spot every single year. He faces the same criticisms almost every single year, but at the end of the day, they're a team that's competitive and make the playoffs. And at the start of every year, no matter how bad the last one ended, we're, we're, we're back to, is this team going to win the Stanley cup? Are they a cup team? So he's created that culture here, but we're not dumb. We all know that he is one, another first round exit away from being fired, and the the president knows that, the fans know that, the media know that. So I don't care if he's a lame duck GM. Like that's just that's just radio schmangle talk. I don't even know what that means, but it's just we all know the situation. It's it's win or get fired. Typically, though, like you, 
like in the past we've seen this and, and you give him like the golden parachute like you give him a, another year or two extension so he gets paid after they they let him go but i think do you what I, what i'm asking is is do you think this direction came from the top like do you think ownership mlse looked at shanny and said we're not extending this guy until we see cuz it just doesn't brendan shanahan and his relationship with kyle dubas and what we know about it Shanny doesn't strike me as the type of guy who would look at Dubis, who for all intents and purposes is his boy, and go, nah, we're just, we're just not going to extend you. Well, how do you know Brennan Shanahan's not on the hot seat? Well, that's... That, that's, yeah. that's I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know Brennan Shanahan. I don't know anything about him. I don't know how he thinks. I thought he kind of would be a, a president like he played hockey. Rough, tough, smart. But it, it just hasn't happened that way. He put all his eggs in the Dubis basket. And it hasn't worked out. So when I hear that, it's how do I how do you know that Shanny's not on the hot seat too? Because he's just as responsible for this whole Dubas mess than Dubas is. I've been someone who for years now has when when people rail on Kyle Dubas, I'm the one who speaks up and goes, What about Brendan Shanahan? Yeah. So I don't I don't I'm not surprised. I don't know if it's from ownership. It's it's it just seems like Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas have been tied at the hip since both their names were said in the same sentence however many years ago. And it's, to me, it's, I don't know if it's from Shanny or it's from ownership. I don't, I don't know. You don't really hear much about Leafs like ownership talk. It's always just general manager present or the front and center of everything. And usually media doesn't really report on any sort of ownership dealings with. Yeah. MLSE lies, uh, is a pretty low profile. Yeah. Like yeah. There, there's lots of professional sports teams where you hear about the crazy owner all the time. It's just, that's not how it works in MLSE, but I think both of them are on the hot seat. Yeah. That that that's like Brendan Shanahan is 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 just as responsible for the failures of this team as his as his hand picked general manager. So I think they didn't extend Dubas because why would we extend you if basically this is win or you're done or show us this and we'll keep you. But Brendan Shanahan to me is lumped right into that. Would you uh throw Sheldon Keefe in that hot seat discussion as well? I would, because I think I think he and Dubas are so tied at the hip that if if you, if Dubas is yeah. gone, Keefe is gone. I think situ situationally, like if Dubas is gone, Keefe's gone. But I don't I don't lump Sheldon Keefe in this whole thing. Like I I don't know. I I, I personally have always kind of liked Sheldon Keefe. But if Dubas is gone, then Keefe's gone. Like that's just that's just a fact. That's just what's happening. So, I mean, I guess you have to lump him in. Um, the second piece of contractual business to get to, Austin Matthews. So, I he tried to put it to bed today, and honestly, cheers to him because I I don't want to spend all season talking about this. So he was asked about it today, and the quote is, "I want to be clear about the contract stuff. I'm going to touch on it today, and that's it. I'm focused on the season, and we'll deal with it then. I love playing here. I consider it home now." And he went on to um sort of elaborate on how much he loves playing in Toronto and being a Leaf. So. Is this, I really hope this is not, he's, listen, he's got two years left on his deal. I know with what happened with um, Matthew Kachuk over the, the off season and with a year left, he told the Flames he wasn't re-signing. Like, so now it's, it's all been bumped up a year, all the speculation, but I'm happy he said that because, dude, I, we got a whole season, like camp opened today. We got a whole season 
to talk about this team and the ups and downs. I do not want to spend week in and week out going on and on and on about, is he signing? Is he resigning? What's he like? Like, what do you think about that? Show me the money. I think that's all this situation is. I'm happy that he came out and he said something that all of us could feel better about. But Nathan McKinnon just signed a, a $12.6 million contract. So that, that's the bar. To me, Austin Matthews is a pretty simple dude. He, he thinks like the most, he, he is the, the example of how new hockey players are going to think. Signed short-term deals, even though McKinnon signed an eight-year deal, but he signed a short-term deal because he knew that after he signed that deal, he had the chance to win Rocket Richards and Hart trophies, and he's gone out and done that. He's been their best player, and the Leafs haven't had a player like this and maybe their whole entire franchise, but... I, I just think when I hear this situation, it, it's at the end of the day, it's going to be show me the money. That, that, that's what it is. I don't think he has any problem. I don't think he's going to cry about the guys he's playing with or, or, or the team success or the coach or whatever. I think that guy's goal is just to be the first NHL player to sign a $15 million AAV. Like that, that's, that's, where, that's where it's at. A $15 million yeah, cap hit. Yeah. Well, that's a spoiler. I was going to ask you later in the show what you think it'll be, so we'll ask you again. But, uh, yeah. wow. Well, $15 million AAV. Yeah, I do. Wow. I think it's going to be in that conversation. Or it's going to be 14 plus, for sure, I think. That, that's, just, that's just what it is. And guess yeah. what? Guess what? You're going to pay it. Yep. Of course you are. Well, I, but, well we, you and I have talked about it. We should just go public with it right now. If he doesn't resign, you can kiss the Talking Buds podcast goodbye. Yeah, it's going to be very challenging <laughs> to do this podcast if he's not around. Even the games, I was talking with someone about this last night. Even the games over the last however many years he's been here, four or five years, where he's hurt and not playing, I sit and I go, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. Yeah, it's painful. It is It's painful. painful. It's absolutely painful. But at least he came out and said something about it and gave it. And gave us some hope in some sort of way. And it wasn't just, oh, well, let my agent deal with that. At least he did say something positive about playing here, which all these happy-go-lucky Leaf fans love hearing that this is his home. This is his home now. <laughs> well, you joke about that, but let's be honest. Well, you're, you're, you're pretty devastated if he walks, too. Oh, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. This sucks if he yeah, walks. Yeah, it, it what, does. Like, when are they ever going to find a player like him again? Never. You know, it's just like if if he's if he's demand, it's not going to be a negotiation. This contract, he's it's going it's, it's to be a I demand, yes. and you're going to pay it, yes, because you have no choice. And thinking about Maple Leaf hockey without Austin Matthews is disgusting, and it's gross. And I don't want to go another ten years of coming on this podcast when he's gone, saying, "Well, you know, it'd be great if this team had a number one center." Like, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, Rasmus Sandin did not report to training camp today and continues to hold out for new contracts. Um, speculation online is that he was offered the same deal as Timothy Lilligren, two years at 1.4 million cap hit, and Rasmus Sandin um, feels that he deserves more than Timothy Lilligren, and that's kind of polarizing. I know there's a lot of people who agree with that and a lot of people who disagree with that. Then we learned today that Timothy Lilligren, Timothy Lilligren is going to miss the first two months of the season recovering from hernia surgery. So not only is, is Rasmus Sandin holding out and missing camp, there's a spot there that he's also not making himself available for. This is, to me, this is, I don't get this at all. I do not get this, kids. Like, 
hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me reset that. If the mentality with him and the agent is let's lean on Kyle Dubas because we've seen Kyle Dubas um, concede in the past, whether you agree that he conceded or not, then it's like, okay, but enough's enough. Camp's open. You're a rookie. You've not played enough to warrant any more money than what they've offered you. Get over yourself. Get your ass in camp. Sorry, Rasmus. Sorry. Like I, I have no time for this. I think this is this is this is stupid. I agree. It, it, this is who do you think you are? I know. Like I know. who do you think you are? I know. Yeah. I, I guess his only argument is, um, he has just, just hasn't gotten the playing time that he thought he deserved to prove himself to get a bigger deal. I guess. I guess that's the only thing I can see him and his agent saying. But it's it's hilarious to me how how he wants. Probably wants more than Lilligren. And I think he deserves it. Like, he's been a better player in the NHL when he has played than Lilligren. And he was a higher-touted prospect. I'm not disputing that, but it's like, get, like... Yeah, I know. Get your ass to camp. Yeah. It's just like, like at the end of the day, it's like... You've, you've proven your point. You've done yeah. nothing in the NHL. Yes. Like, you've done nothing. Yes. He's literally done nothing in yes. this league. Yes. Like he's, he's got some... He's played PP1 a couple times. I guess he could put that in his back pocket. But he's done nothing. It's just... And it's funny, too, because it's like, say he does want more than Lilligren. It, it, a couple of years ago, we were looking at a Mitch Marner situation. It's like, he wants more than Nylander. He wants close to Matthews. We're talking about $10 million here. Like, we're talking about 1.4. I know, I know. Like, <sighs> I know. It's like, buddy, just get your ass to camp and, and, and like, let's just prove yourself. You're going to have an opportunity this year Signed, to yeah. play. Because you, you, here's what I know. Jake Muzzin's getting hurt at some point this year. That That's just straight up facts. And so so was another guy on their decor and he's going to get a chance to play and he's got to get his ass to camp because we've seen this before guys who miss out on the start of camp always start behind the eight ball. They never come back. It, maybe if he signs tomorrow and he shows up, he'll be fine. But if you miss any sort of bit of the season and then you sign and you come back and you're already a guy who lacks the physical skills to play in this league and you're starting behind the eight ball, like you're done. You also you're done. Yeah. And it's like, you also look at like Giordano, like Giordano's getting a little long in the tooth. Like he, is is he going to play all 82? Do you want to rest him sometime? There's another spot to get in the lineup there. I don't know. I just think, like I said, you, you didn't like the comparison to Lilligren. You've proved your point. Kyle Dubas is not budging. This team is like, they, they don't have the extra cap space to pay you whatever it is you want, $2 million or whatever. So just sign a one-year prove-it deal. Show up. If you believe in yourself so much that you deserve to get paid that money, show up and do what it is that you think you can do. And guess what? Next year you'll get paid. And if the Leafs don't pay you, somebody else will. He'll trade his rights. Yeah. Whatever. I just, I, I'm, ugh. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's just got to prove it. I, I don't, I don't get it. It, it, it is kind of just irritating. Plus, we're all just, I'm done with this talk about guys signing. Like, we've been through this, what is the fourth time going through this? It's just, I'm over it. And, and he's not, He's not on the top of, like, the priority list. No. Like, it'd be nice to have a defenseman with his, I guess, quote-unquote ceiling to be on the team. But at the end of the day, like, he's done nothing. He's proved nothing. It's He's got to just show up and, and play better and earn himself a spot. So that's why I think everyone, I don't know one person who's like, yeah, yeah, I think he's doing the right thing. It's like, dude, get, come on. Like, you've yeah. done nothing. I don't you've think... done nothing. Show up and, and be the defenseman that you think you could be in. You'll be laughing in a couple seasons or next season or the season after that, whatever deal you sign now. But it's just get your ass to camp right now. So did you see any of the, the media stuff today? Like, I know you're working all day. Like, do you see any? Did you see or hear? I saw the Dubas. Quotes? I saw the Dubas stuff. Uh, 
I'm going to give these guys some credit. I was pretty encouraged by what I heard today. Um, they, last year after, after the loss of the Habs, I found them, and, I, and when I say them, I mean like the whole team. I, I found them very, like, defensive. And this year, it was very much like from everyone. Dubis, Keefe, Jake Muzzin in particular, Matthews, Marner. Everyone was very much like, yeah, no, we... We gotta win. We gotta win in the playoffs. Like, I, like I feel like the message has gotten through to everyone. Like, look around this, and you can have an opinion whether it's a year too late or two years too late or whatever you want. But I do feel as though the message has gotten through to the room that, um, yeah, we we gotta get it done this year. And and I can't believe I'm gonna ask you this question. <laughs> like, let's just let, let's let's rewind the tape back to last season. And we can just play it back. Is winning around enough to save Kyle Dubas's job? I think it is. I think it is. Too. Yeah. I think we are so desperate. Yep. We are so desperate. The second that that happens, if it ever happens, We're, it'll be like we've won. The if season. it ever happens, it it will be probably one of the greatest feelings of your entire life if you're invested in this team like we are. Yep. That's pathetic to say. That's <laughs> pathetic, but it's true. Yeah. You will not feel better than knowing that you're going to watch another four games out of that team and another round against another opponent. Yeah. Um. Maybe play someone out of their division. Um. Like, I don't know. So this brings us... So I put off talking about this for 17 minutes. I can't put it off anymore. Um. We... We just talked about everything that's at stake. So that brings us to you're banking on Matt Murray and Elias and Samsonov to take you to the promised land. And that is, I never remember a time in watching professional sports where a, a, an executive has rolled the dice on his career quite like Kyle Dubas has rolled the dice on Matt Murray and Elia Samsonov. It's crazy. Now, uh, I heard Pierre Lebrun on the radio today, and he's right. W what else was he going to do? Who else was he going to get? And I, and I acknowledge that. But, man, like, if this... What if we get into November, and it's just Matt Murray can't stop a puck? What happens? I I'm... Last year, they, they went with Jack Campbell and Peter Morazic. Jack Campbell is, was an unproven goaltender. He played I don't half know, I a don't good know. season. All you got to do is ask an Oilers fan, Ryan, and they'll tell you that they just got the greatest goaltender that's ever played the he, position. He played half a good season. So last year, you went in with a goalie who played half a good season, and you went with another goalie who had an awful reputation of having some really bad hockey games. And you went with a completely unproven rookie and you went ahead and had the best regular season your team has had ever, points-wise. Matt Murray, I know Matt Murray's had his troubles, but Jack Campbell was 30 years old when he got to this team. He had no reputation. They traded him for nothing, for absolutely nothing. And look what happened. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to throw this out the window yet. Am I stoked about it? No. Would I like to have Andre Vasilevsky in a Leaf jersey right now? Yes, but that's just not going to happen. He did the best he could. And technically on paper, Matt Murray's proved way more than Jack Campbell. Matt ever Murray's did. resume is far longer than Jack Campbell. And I know Sorry, or Oiler I, fans. I know he's he's struggled a bit over the past couple of years, and he might struggle again. 
you know what and bothers he's also me? Been, he's also had some injury issues. You know what bothers but, me about this conversation is Will. We're basically sitting here right now acknowledging that Matt Murray's a roll in the dice, but are also acknowledging um, that his his resume is longer than Jack Campbell's. And I'll put this on our Instagram or TikTok, and some idiot who only hears what he wants to hear is going to be classic Leaf fans, classic Leaf fans anointing Matt Murray. Matt Let's Murray throw. might be the worst goalie in the world. He might be awful for all we know. I don't know. Who knows? We don't know. But who would have thought that Jack Campbell would have been this number one starter? The guy was a failure for 10 years. He was a first-round pick, and he did nothing. And he got traded to the Leafs, and he, and he played pretty well. What, did he win the Vesna? No. But he, he played well enough for Leaf fans to be comfortable for him to be a number one starter. Like, how do you know Ilya Samsonov, Samsonov's going to come here and, and not do that? It's just, I, I, I'm just not ready to just, like, throw all the negativity right now it's it's let's see what happens and if and if it does happen then you can just laugh at me and be like i told you so but well, it's just like let's not pretend like we had the best tandem in the world last year we had two absolute roll the dices one and campbell played like crap half the year and he was injured he was awful he was the worst goalie in the nhl for like a month and Peter Mrazek was a disaster we had, from the we start. Had, we had Eric Schulgren making several starts for just, this team I last year. I just don't year. get, like, what are you comparing this to? Like, last year was the same thing. I, I don't, I'm not in this conversation. Like, they, they rolled the dice last year. It worked. So they're doing it again. We're, we're going to sign Jack Campbell to that contract? No. Ugh. All right. Let's uh, see what happens, man. I'm, I'm willing to give these guys a shot. I'm okay. willing to give these guys a shot. I put together some rapid fire questions for you that I want you to answer. Ready? So you already answered this one, so I'll ask you again. Okay. Nathan McKinnon just signed an eight year, $100 million contract with an AAV of 12.6 million. The next cap hit for Austin Matthews will be. Uh, I'm going to say $14.5 million. I don't, I think you're pretty bang on with that. I don't know how many years yet, but I'm going to say the, the AAV, the, the number that people are going to care about the most is going to be $14.5 million. The Maple Leafs regular season starts on October 12th. Will Nick Robertson be in the opening night lineup? Why don't Engvall's kind of hurt right Engvall, now? Engvall, he might be ready to go at the start of the season. Yeah. But... Um, I just don't think that Sheldon Keith likes him. I don't. I think he thinks he's small, and you know what? He is small. I'm going to say no. Let's keep with the, the in-roster decisions. Will John Tavares and William Nylander be on the same line for the bulk of the season? Yes. Yeah, you think so? You think yes. they're going to make that that work? I, don't th- I, I think that's the wrong move. I, those guys... The proof is in the pudding. Those guys can't play together. They don't have any chemistry. Yeah. I just think they love Marner and Matthews together. I don't. I don't think they want to break that up. I don't think their their two best players want to play together, and they have a, a ball playing together. So I don't think they they're gonna break that up unless it's an absolute disaster. Well, there's also there's also the matter of who plays on the other wing, right? Like right now, everyone goes to Alex Kerfoot, but I I go Alex Kerfoot. They don't have the best like wingers. No, man. the wing the wing depth is not great. They don't have some guys watching this right now going, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, but I mean, Here. I guess they they haven't really upgraded. I mean, I guess last year wasn't much of an upgrade than this year, but it's just 
you look at the the roster and you're just like, I don't know. Hopefully someone just plays above their capability and has a special year like Michael Bunting had for most of the year last year. Hopefully they get that performance out of somebody because the names don't get me that excited. They they do not. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I just think the number one priority is Marner and Matthews together. And I think it's going to stay that way until it goes really bad. By January 1st, the Maple Leafs' number one goaltender will be... Is it because of injury or performance? Performance. Ugh. I'm, I'm going to say uh, Matt Murray. I knew you were going to say Matt Murray. But I also see Samsonov going, having a stretch at some point this season. Yes. Whether it's through injury or Murray not playing that well or him playing well enough to, to earn the net back. But I'm just going to go with Matt Murray because I think, I think I have a weird feeling that they just like love this guy. Yeah, and and I I know he's their only option, but I feel like they actually really like having this guy. I think they're gonna give him every opportunity to try and figure this out because yeah. I think they want to go with the veteran guy, and we know how much Kyle loves his guys from the Sioux, and I think I think they you're right though I could see him scuffling and and Samsonov taking the net, yeah. but like. If I'm going to rephrase the question, game one against yeah. the Florida Panthers. Hard to predict. Yeah, I, I could see it going either way. I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, don't, I just, I don't know a lot about Sam Sonoff. I know he was pretty, like, highly touted. and he was first-round pick. Had a lot of nice things to say about him and how he's going to be a stud, and it just didn't pan out. But. He wouldn't be the first guy that didn't pan out for, and they went somewhere else and had some success. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I like how he's still young. Like, you know, it's not like he's old. So, I don't know. I'm going to go with Matt. I'm just going to say Matt Murray because I don't know anything about Sam Sonoff. I don't know what to expect from him. I don't know what he's going to do, but I'll, I'll go with Murray. Will Rasmus Sandin be in the opening night lineup? Hmm. He better be. So you have Brody, Riley, Muzzin, and Giordano are like for sure. Yep. Like those four guys are 100% playing. And then you got hurt. Then you got Hole. Yep. And you got uh, Jordy Ben now. And uh, what's his And uh, Victor Mete. Victor Mete, yes. So I, I did like what they did with like, I know these guys are not stud NHLers, but they have played in the NHL. Yes. So I like how if a guy goes down or somebody's hurt, they have. NHL-ish defenseman to step in. It's, yes. not, it's not a guy you've never seen in your life before. Um, I'm going to say no. No? You no. Think, yeah. A little... Um, All right, I'm going to say no. Are you going out to get a Cali Yarncroft jersey? No. I'm, I'm shocked that they gave him four years. This team doesn't hand out four-year deals. Yeah, I don't know. It's again. If I have I watched every single shift out of that guy for the past couple of years? No. Yep. If I do, I recognize his name and seen him play. And is he the worst hockey player I've ever seen? No. Callie Yarncroc is this year's um, David Kampf and um, Andre Kasha. Yeah, but but, but where it's like we didn't know anything about them last year. No, I wouldn't say that. Like I, I honestly would say I had 
no idea who David Camp and Andre Cash was. <laughs> Literally 365 days ago, I was laughing at those two names because I'd never heard them in my life. And both of them played pretty well. I know Callie Yarncroke. He's been in the NHL for a while. He's played for a couple different teams. He's coming with a heavier price tag than those other two guys. Yes. And four years. They haven't I really. I fell over when I saw they gave a guy four. Kyle Dubas doesn't give anybody term. They haven't really signed like a mid-tier winger like that in a long time. I'm trying to think. I'm sure it's staring me right in the face. but So it, it is kind of odd. Basically, he's trying to replace Ilya Mikheyev. Like that's, that's, that's basically the, the spot you're trying to, to fill in. And I don't think. I don't think uh, Ilya Mikheyev was was the greatest hockey player of all time, but he he was a great penalty killer. He had speed. He could forecheck. He did have some hands. You know, I know the one year he didn't score any goals, but he did have some hands. So it's just that that's your Ilya Mikheyev replacement at a at a cheaper price tag than um, what Mikheyev's getting paid in in Vancouver. Yeah, it's a four year, eight point four million dollar deal, two point one cap hit. That's not that bad. That's not that bad, but it's the term that got me. Anyways, last one to it's bring a, it's us on. It's a name. It's, I, I know him. Yeah. It's not like I've never heard of this guy before. Anyways, last one to bring us on home. Have you recovered from the Leafs adding the milk logo to the corner of the sweater? What? What? You don't know about this? No. Folks, Ryan's learning. This shows you uh, how much Ryan works during the day and doesn't pay attention to social media. Milk. So, here, I'll show you. So. They're adding sponsors to the sweaters this year. I haven't seen that anywhere. The Leafs are putting milk on their sweater. What, what does it look like? I don't think it looks that bad. People on Twitter were up, like, and I get it, like, pre- uh, preserve the sanctity of the sweater. But it's like, the NHL oh, needs, shut up. the NHL needs, oh, dude, there were some people oh, on Twitter. Preserve man, the sweater. There were some oh. people on Twitter who were so upset. Hockey's at, a business. Yes. And business yes. needs to make it, money. Yes, and the NHL doesn't make money the way the other businesses do. So they throw... Yeah. See, look. Does it just say milk? Yes. Yeah. It's dairy farmers of... What they, what, what they have... Didn't they have TikTok on their... Uniforms? TikTok on their helmet. Oh, helmets, yeah. I Listen, as far as Who jersey cares, sponsorships go... Barely, you didn't even notice it. Yes. Oh, there no, were some... I, I haven't seen... I haven't seen anything about the milk. I've seen everything about the goal song. Oh, the yes. The goal song is all over my feed. Should we change the goal song? Goal song this, goal song that. I've not seen the milk. Hall and Oates has to go. I agree. It's time for a new goal song. Yes. Hall it's and Oates not has cool. to go. Yes. It's just not, not a cool song. No, it's not. It's not cool at all. But yeah, there you have it. Milk. Nice. Not bad. As far as, as far as jersey patches and sponsorships go, that's pretty inoffensive if you ask me. Just a milk order from elementary school. Yeah. Milk Chocolate. Days. Yeah. Did, did anyone ever get regular? Yeah, I never, never trust a guy. I got regular yeah, yeah, milk yeah. in his milk order. Yeah. Weird. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get like a special thing. Yeah. And it's like, you got to go with chocolate. But you never know if that kid's parents were like weirdos. Yeah. And yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. no, we don't want you, you to get have your chocolate bone milk. strong with, yeah. with regular milk. Yeah, that's, another, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. yeah. It's good promotion. Yeah. The Habs one. Look, look at the Habs one. I the Habs like, one is horrendous. I felt like when you were a kid. People harped on you to drink milk. Yes. So maybe this is a good a good way for parents to tell their children to drink look, milk. Because Austin Habs, Matthews has it on his sweater. The Habs have this freaking giant RBC logo. Look, look at that. I should don't mind it. You don't mind it? Yeah, it kind of like fits in with the sweater. I don't know. It kind of looks habby. Like that, that, that logo looks a little habby. Yeah, like it does. I, 
don't it know. does. It does. Anyways, we're back. Yeah, we'll we're be back. back. We're back on our usual schedule once, twice a week. We're going to have a bunch of new stuff this year. Got a whole new set. Yeah. We wedged ourselves in here. We were like, we got to, we got to, we got to switch things up. Yes, absolutely. We need and to step it up, be more professional. Yep. And we did it. And yeah, this is it. Looking forward this to is, it. This is episode one of season five. Buckle in. Yeah. For another Toronto Maple Leaf season. If you haven't already, hit that like and subscribe button below. Whether you're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, we really appreciate it. Leave a comment, leave a review. We also love that engagement. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week. You guys. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.